Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge Week 5 Mega Preview presented by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. This is the most important hour of the entire week as we look forward to the week in the NFL. We talk about size. We may be throwing out a prop or two, but we get you set for the entire week from some of the best minds in NFL handicapping in the world today. Let's bring in the stars of the show because you know who I got this week. Live from Nashville, Tennessee, the penthouse level, Mikey M Square. Welcome back, sir. Good afternoon, Coach. RJ, good to see you here. Welcome to everybody in the chat. Fired up for week five. Got a few plays I like. Actually, quite a few. I think I have five total plays already here for week five. Could mean only one thing. It's going to be a great week. And that means you love this board this week. And if Mikey loves this board, that means you pay attention. Now, his name is RJ, but we call him the Stoic One. He is our NFL guru. It starts and ends with him. RJ White, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I have five plays up on sportsline.com, uh, you know, against the spread picks. I'll share a couple of them here today, along with a few other things I like, a teaser and a team total I like. My power ratings for week five are also up at Sportsline. Um, in them, my Buffalo Bills are not the number one team, at least not by themselves. I have them as eight points better than average, tied with the Kansas City Chiefs after that dominant performance on Sunday. So I think both those teams deserve to be co-number one right now. And for all of you who are watching, if you are Sportsline members, then you get all of that that RJ just said because you're a member. If you are not, I'll do you a solid. Use a promo code early. I'll give you 30 days for free. You can try us out. Try out the articles, simulations, everything. And you get RJ and Mikey, everything they do at Sportsline as well. Come join us. The water is warm. Now, on this show, we break down every single game of the week. There is Thursday Night Football. There is a London game this week. There are nine 1 o'clock games, three at four, and then, of course, Sunday Night Football and Monday Night. So, gentlemen, we've got no time to waste. Let's jump right into it. And, Mikey, I'm starting with you because the Colts are traveling to Denver on Thursday. It's a rubber-meet-the-road uh, game for both teams. Denver currently laying three-and-a-half, and the total sitting at 43-and-a-half. Will the real Denver Broncos or Indianapolis Colts, Mikey, Please stand up. Yeah, one of them needs to, for sure. Uh, and both teams potentially in troublesome spots. Obviously, it's a short week for both teams here, but injuries in the backfield. Uh, we know Javante Williams out for the season for the Broncos. They've had a ton of trouble with Melvin Gordon fumbling the football of late. Uh, doesn't seem to be a lot of trust there. A lot of boon in the backfield. Going to be a lot of Russell Wilson. Uh, but for me, this one right now, it's on the Jonathan Taylor news. That's kind of where this one hinges. We just got a report about 30 minutes ago that he still thinks he's going to be able to play in this game. Uh, I'm a little cautious and skeptical on whether or not he actually is going to play. 
if you are in the camp that thinks he plays, I think you take three and a half. Uh, I know Denver does have a pretty good home field advantage overall, but it's definitely one of those games that projects as a field goal game. Um, it, it really comes down to what you believe Russell Wilson has left, right? Do you, do we see vintage Russell Wilson when they're in more obvious throwing situations? I love the weapons that he has, but he just hasn't been very good so far this season. So I'm not playing anything on it right now. The only lean that I have, which sounds a little crazy because what we've seen in some of the Denver games, I lean towards the over while it's at 43 right now. I believe this number should be 44 or 45. Uh, so that's where I'm going to lean. I think that if Jonathan Taylor ends up sitting, we already know on the Broncos side, we're going to see more throwing of the football from them. Uh, if Taylor's out, we see more throwing of the football from Indianapolis, keeps the clock stopped a little more. Um, more opportunities for big chunk plays. So I lean towards the over. I make this one at 45, uh, but that's all I've got on this game. It's all about the information, ladies and gentlemen. If you watched our show last night, Mikey told you, George Kittle, all the numbers, too low? Uh-uh. He was going to be blocking. What happened in the first half? He was blocking the whole time, almost as if they'd been watching the show. So, RJ, let me come to you. If the game script is what Mikey said it's going to be, and the Broncos earlier on Early Edge and 5, Prop Stars gave out Jerry Judy over – 15 and a half receiving yards. Will this finally allow them to open the offense up? It's possible. We've been waiting for it though for four weeks and it seems like they'll gain a lot of yards and they just won't put points on the board. So is it going to lead to points is the question. You figure it's all going to regress to the meet eventually, but maybe just Nathaniel Hackett is terrible in the red zone and doesn't know how to call red zone plays. We've seen offensive coordinators in the past that like to run sideways at the goal line and, and you, and they wonder why they can never get into the end zone. And so maybe that's just what's happening here. I mean, India appeared to finally wake up against Tennessee after going down 24, three, some of that might be garbage time, but you know, they got back in that game and had a chance late. So, you know, it's not really garbage time. If you have a chance to win, Matt Ryan looked the best he had all has had all year year um, after that slow start I think he just needs to stop fumbling which I don't think is a repeatable issue for him I just think it's a weird thing that's happened and it's not going to continue <clears throat> Denver's offense look great for a half but I'm shocked that defense gave up 32 to Las Vegas that's supposed to be the strength of the team and so Vegas came out and scored all those points has me worried on the on the Denver side especially since we know they won't have Randy Gregory in this game he's on the IR we know they won't have Javante Williams that's two big pieces so even if Jonathan Taylor is out in this game that's two pieces one on each side that that are key for Denver that they won't have with Russ not playing well, I don't think this line should be more than three. If you can find it at three and a half, I like Indy, even if Jonathan Taylor gets ruled out. But if you think that is a worry, I would wait. And then obviously the line's probably going to go up three and a half, maybe even four, and uh, take it there. Yeah, that's great advice. And of course, we'll be live at 7.30 p.m. on Thursday night as we get set for Thursday Night Football. We'll be able to break it down a lot more specifically when we see who's going to play and who is not going to play. By the way, Sir Herc in the chat, RJ, said, I went seven and two using RJ's power ratings. For anybody that's not a sports line member, that's pretty good, huh? Seven that works. That works. What do we say all the time? It's about the information. It's not always about the picks. It's about the information. And Sir Herc has figured it out. Follow his lead. All right. So that's Thursday Night Football. Now we have a London game, and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers, RJ, is loving the fact that he has to travel to London with all these young receivers and this offense that can't seem to figure it out. But they did escape last week in overtime over the Patriots. Now, the Giants don't look now, but they're 3-1, and one, but they may have an issue at the quarterback position. You have a play in this game. Talk to me. I admit the P the Packers is part of my teaser. They're eight right now. Tease them down to minus two, get it under the three. I'm surprised how poorly Rodgers played in the first half against New England, but he eventually got it together. Green Bay's defense weaker against the run where the Giants excel. You know that's all they're going to be doing 
is trying to run the ball in this game, but I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Giants. I mean, it's either going to be Daniel Jones, you know, running on a, on a bum ankle. It's going to be Tyrod Taylor if he's able to pass concussion protocol. But are they going to let him on the plane for for an international flight? You know, if he's not completely fully fully passed, I'm not sure. So they're working out quarterbacks. Maybe they bring in Jake Fromm, but it seems to me Davis Webb is probably going to start. And in that case, the Giants go down to my worst team in the power ratings, even at three and one, because they don't they don't have a semblance of an offense if they're starting. Um, you know, no, somebody that's not named Jones or, or uh, Taylor in this game. This is going to be the best offense the Giants defense has faced by far. Uh, unless Rodgers falls flat in the first half again, I think Green Bay is going to run away with it. So I think this line is going to go up if if the uh, the top two Giants quarterbacks get ruled out of this game. Uh, so you're, you're kind of under the on a ticking clock to tease it. So that's why I wanted to tease it here on the show and get it down under the three to Green Bay minus two. I say it all the time. This is the most important hour of the entire week. you got to beat the numbers. And Mikey, when you look at Saquon Barkley and the fact that he's now healthy, he can't have any worse luck. Now his quarterback goes down. And you love this exact same bet. Tell me why. Yeah, I'm on the same thing here. It's pretty standard when you get a number like this with a team like this. So I'm teasing the Packers here. Uh, get it down to two. I'd still play it if he moves to eight and a half at two and a half. Obviously, don't want to tease it at three where a push condition causes the teaser to lose. So if this moves to nine, I'm sorry, you're too late. Do not tease it at that point. I would not recommend that in an international game like this. Uh, but yeah, it's largely what RJ said here. It's the quarterback position on the New York Giants. Uh, the best I can make this game for the Giants right now, in considering the travel, everything involved, is 11. Uh, I have a huge edge on this game. I mean, I say huge edge. It's, it's a meaningful edge here from 11 to 8. Uh, it's just such a great spot for the Packers to bounce back. Uh, you know, really weak opposing offense on the other side. It's going to be a healthy dose of Saquon Barkley. They're going to get to stack the box against him. He's still going to have his 30 touches in the game. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers and company, Aaron Jones, should have a huge day in this game as well. Uh, I, I like the Packers here in a teaser. And I'll give you the other teaser leg here in a little bit. All right, very, very good. Now, Greg in the chat says, RJ, would you take the alternate line to minus 14 for the Packers? I think that's probably too high. As Mikey's saying, you don't know what's going to happen in these international games. We don't know what Packers team's going to show up if it's that Packers team from the first half against the Patriots. Um, you, even if the Giants can't run, can't throw the ball, um, it could be a close game because uh, the, the Packers should have run away from a, a team quarterback by Bailey Zappi, and they didn't. So, um, you know, I don't know that you can trust them to cover a minus 14 in an international game at home. Maybe I think about it if Davis Webb gets, gets installed at quarterback or God help us, Jake Fromm. But um, I just think with the conditions in play, um, I would play the minus eight. I think I'm OK with that, even not knowing what happens at quarterback for the Giants. I'm not going to go too too nuts and, and play an alternate line here. All right. Very, very good. Be careful. Don't go crazy just because it looks like something. Listen to the experts. All right, let's move on to the regular slate. There's nine one o'clock games this week. The first one, the Titans minus two and a half. Now, they went on the road last week, gentlemen, and they got the job done. They won at Indianapolis. Now, the Commanders, and I saw a very disturbing video today of some fans that have a new Commanders theme song. That's how bad this franchise is right now because that was horrible. Uh, total 42 and a half. We do not, as a brand, have a play on this game yet. But, Mikey, let me start with you. Is Tennessee better than what we're giving them credit for? Uh, yeah, I, I well, I, they're not as bad as we've made them out to be at times. Uh, I think that they could, in theory, still be a top 10 team in the NFL. Uh, maybe it's a stretch, but, you know, 9 through 15 is still incredibly bunched. Uh, so, you know, you can move them up and down wherever you want to there. But this was close to a play for me. I almost laid the two and a half with the Titans here. 
Um, look, you never like to do things like that on the road, but I do make this line almost four. It's about 3.7 right now. Um, going to wait it out just a little bit, see if someone wants to buy on the commanders at home. Typically in this spot, that's where you see the buying. You see the home dog get bet at this point, uh, looking for a bounce back spot on here. So I lean Tennessee in the game. I think they've got just enough weapons. I think they can do just enough. And on the other side, things have been so bad. Uh, that I do think this is a game where Tennessee can scratch out a win. Uh, my only worry is Tennessee finds themselves in these weird games that come down to a one point, two point. Uh, so when I'm laying, you know, really anything with them on the road in this particular spot, it's not super comfortable. But the simulation does tell me that there is a little value on the Titans here at minus two and a half. I'm trying to figure out, Mikey, and RJ, I'm going to come to you. Because last week we had the same thing. The Cowboys had a really low number, three, three and a half, three, three and a half. We're like, wait a second. Dallas is so much better than this Washington team. And they were playing at home, and they end up winning by 15 points. So it was what we thought it was, and the line was way off. They're just not a very good team, and I know they're now at home. But this seems a little bit low to me. Tell me why it's not. Well, I have the power ratings at minus three and a half. So I'm kind of on the side with Mikey here. That said, I'm not looking to play the Titans at minus two and a half. The look ahead was a pick em. And I think it's tough for Tennessee to win back-to-back games on the road here, even against bad teams, because Tennessee isn't that good either. I don't think they're bottom of the barrel bad, but um, you don't see these these mediocre middling teams going out and just rattling off uh, road wins, you know, back back-to-back. Um, you know, I said last week that I had the Colts as a zero in my power ratings. I had the Titans as a minus one, but I was not confident you could flip them. And I would be like, okay, that sounds right to me. And that's exactly what I did coming out of that game. Um, flipped them. I took Tennessee in that game, not not really reading too much into the power ratings. And I think this side, I might want to be on the Washington side and hope it comes to three. I think if this is a case where you're fading the Titans when they're stock high coming off of two wins. You're buying the commanders at the lowest possible point. I'm interested to see what that pass rush does against these Tennessee tackles with Taylor Lewan out. Even if Chase Young isn't back for this game, Montez Sweat could, could wreak havoc on that that uh, offensive line. So I think that could be in their favor. Tennessee's defense, 30 in pass yards per play, looked mediocre against Matt Ryan for the majority of that game. So if the Washington offense can get it together at all, um, I think that they could have a, a decent game here. So my lean would be to Washington. I wasn't confident enough to put it in a teaser because I think you could still get the the very bad Washington game and they lose even to a Titans team that might be middle of the road, you know, 31 to 10 or something. That wouldn't shock me either. Um, but I do think that's probably the way I'm leaning after the line was pick them on the look ahead. And I don't think that these teams have opened up a two and a half point gap between them over one week. And you never want to bet with hope. And when you have a mediocre or bad team, you're hoping that they play well so they see it within eight. You never want to bet with hope. Love both of those takes. Now, this next game, very interesting because it's your favorite team, RJ. And I heard Mike Tomlin say today, he says, we understand that starting Kenny Pickett in that environment is going to be difficult. In that environment, we know what he's going to face. He kept saying that environment. So Pittsburgh, their newest franchise quarterback. And if we know anything, guys, about this franchise, he's going to be here, God willing, knock on wood, his health, 10 to 15 years. But it starts this week. And Buffalo's land 14, total sitting at 47. Mikey, let me start with you. What do you like in this one? I like the under in this game. Uh, I think this number is too high at 47. Uh, I truly would open the number at 43 and a half. So I, I'm very, very curious here. I get why. I get that this Buffalo team is more than capable of scoring 40 points on their own, on their home field. 
that's always the worry here in this spot. So understand that when I'm playing this under 47, I'm certainly going to have a close eye on it and will potentially be live betting it, depending on how it's going in this spot. But look, I don't expect much from the Pittsburgh Steelers offense here. I expect Buffalo to be able to dominate the time of possession. I also expect them to be somewhat content with just getting a win here on their home field. Um, I, I at least expect them to chew clock, right, when they're leading late in this game. Um it's a huge spread. I'm not touching the spread. I think that it's Buffalo wins this game by 17 points probably. Um, but I'm, that said, I'm not going to touch it as things can get very, very tight here. 14 is a massive, massive number. Um, but I, I think the Steelers defense is good enough to provide just enough resistance. And there's not a ton of motivation from Buffalo in the second half to run at a huge, huge pace. So I'm going under here. Again, I think it should be 43 and a half is where it should be. Um, so let's go under. I love it when we have a couple of different plays on a game that actually makes sense and fit together and are very correlated. And RJ, everything that Mikey just said, you believe also, but for a different bet. What do you like? Yeah, I can see Buffalo covering a big number like Mikey. I could see Buffalo scoring enough to ruin the under, which is what Mikey was talking about. I cannot see Pittsburgh's offense covering the team total of 16 and and a half. So I like under 16 and a half for Pittsburgh's team total minus 115. Um, yeah, I just can't see Pittsburgh's offense scoring much versus even a beat up Buffalo defense because they played well versus two good offenses the last two weeks, even with all their injury issues. Buffalo's offense wasn't as good versus Baltimore as they were the previous week, but there's obviously no worries about them. They should come in and have a good game, especially with Steelers defense struggling without TJ Watt being able to rush the passer. And then Alex Highsmith, who actually has been one of the better pass rushers in the league over the first four weeks, picking up an injury in that game last week. So if he's limited or, or unavailable for this game i mean i don't know how they get any pressure on josh allen and if you let josh allen do whatever he wants he could go out and score 40 points in this game so i i wanted to like the under here like mikey but i think the buffalo could score enough to ruin it i just don't see how pittsburgh gets to 17 so that's why i took their team total under 16 and a half you can definitely see a scenario where if they get going early it just snowballs like it does in buffalo and it can be points really really quick but i think i agree with the both of you that is going to be Bills, get in, Bills, get out, and let's move to week six. All right, now, next game, a 1 o'clock game. And this one, also kind of a rubber-meets-the-road type of game, gentlemen. The Chargers last week, well, they looked really, really good compared to what they looked like the week before. But the Browns, again, showed that they can play for like three quarters or so and then let it slip at the end to the Jets. So, we don't have a play yet as a brand, but RJ, let me start with you. Do you think the Chargers, based off of what you saw, if everybody's healthy and they won without everybody being healthy, are as good as people said they were before the season started? Well, the Chargers are fixed, right? I mean, the line's minus three. Look ahead was minus one and a half. They beat, they beat Houston, which, you know, is a huge accomplishment. Congratulations on that. And now they're fixed. <laughs> So uh, I, I do not get this number at plus three. I think Cleveland is the right side. I have hold it off putting a pick on it. I, I'm crossing my fingers we can get three and a half. I actually think Cleveland might deserve to be favored in this game. The Chargers defense is 31st in rush yards per play. Cleveland's offense has 170 plus rush yards in all four games. We know they're coming to this game wanting to run the ball and the Chargers have not been able to stop the run yet. Cleveland's defense allowed only seven completions to Atlanta. Um, and, and so they, they, they just did not play the rush very well on their end. Well, the Chargers rush offense is lasting yards per play, 2.74 yards per play. So they can't run the ball, even with a good running back in, in Eckler. or Sonny Michelle just plunges into the middle of the pile and falls down. So if Cleveland's defense can do that, 
then uh, then you like them there. And I feel much better about them if Garrett or Clowney are able to come back um, and provide some pressure. Against the uh, the sixth-round rookie left tackle, Jamari Salyer, played really well in his first game. You know, Thank God that they didn't put Storm Norton out there at left tackle and, uh, and get Justin Herbert even more injured than he already is. They put the rookie out there and he actually played well. We'll see if he can continue that, especially if he gets up against some better pass rushers. Uh, Cleveland's taken a lead into the fourth quarter in all four games. They just haven't been able to finish them. We know that ridiculous Jets game. Um, they were they could have beat the Falcons. They didn't hang on there. And this is a tough travel spot for the Chargers after they were at Houston last week. Now they got to go back on the road at the Browns. I think they're, we're putting too much stock into the Chargers at minus three, a team I really like before the season. And then I have a lot of futures on them doing well. But I don't think they should be favored in this game. So the Browns are going to be a play for me. I'm just going to cross my fingers. We can get three and a half. Yeah, because the Browns in Atlanta last week, uh, they really physically, Mikey, were the more physical team. But for some reason, they can't finish. So if you're a better at home, because everybody has their favorite teams to bet on, what is the biggest issue that you're seeing with the Browns finishing and ultimately covering? Uh, I mean, some of the decision-making, you know, the, the Jets game, you can – throw that out that's a that's a win still it's unfortunate it's stupid but they they won that game they should have won that mm -hmm. game um yeah just it, it had a rough start you know they're still playing Jacoby Brissett obviously but I I think the team is better than this I definitely agree with RJ in this spot there's no way to make the Chargers minus three here uh I could argue for minus one I I can't get to minus three uh considering the travel spot on the road here and their weakness right their weakness plays into Cleveland's strength big time Nick Chubb's going to have an absolutely monster day. I can tell you already, I'll have a same game parlay on that game with a Nick Chubb alternate rushing total and Cleveland plus 10 and a half. Absolutely love, love some of those spots. So that's the way I'm going to attack the game as of now. If for some crazy reason it goes to three and a half, uh, yeah, give me a lot of Cleveland exposure here. Um, I, I think that they crush them on the ground and it, you know, it's a competitive football game for a while, but I don't believe in the Chargers right now at all. Um, and Herbert in that situation, like still one play away um, from season being over there. Really, really, like I, I truly believe that. I mean, I guess everyone in the NFL is technically a play away from the season being <laughs> over, but I truly believe that on the Chargers side here. So give me the Browns or nothing in the game, but it's going to be a same game parlay candidate for me. All right, and for those of you who watch our live shows on primetime nights, Thursdays, Sundays, Mondays, you've been cashing these same-game parlays like this with Mikey and, of course, with Prop Stars. Real quick to backtrack, RJ, I'm coming back to you. Chat question, would you feel safe playing the Bills to win both halves at minus 135? Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm a little worried about how they've started. Um, so, you know, who know, who knows what the issues are there. But at a minus 14, I mean, you got to figure that they're going to go into the, the halftime with the lead and then they'll go ahead and win from there. So their defense going playing against a rookie on the road in his first start. I don't think they're going to give up a ton of points in the second half either. So minus 135, it's a little steep for me. But but I think if you're interested in playing it, um, I think it's fine. Is it very similar to in soccer? And there's a lot of you who are brand new to betting for football and for soccer, kind of a halftime, full-time bet. What it means is you have to win both halves. So they could be 7 nothing in the first half. Then they still have to win the second half, uh, unlike the soccer bet. So a little bit the same, but not exactly the same. All right, next right, game. The, wor yeah, the worry there is they're up. 24 to 3 27 to 3 at halftime exactly. and they when right. they pump the brakes and Steelers win the second half 10 to 7 you know that's exactly right that is the worry and they are fast starters maybe a first half bet 
would be something that, uh, Cody, you would like to do uh, if you feel so inclined. So let's move on. NFC North. And this division so far, you got the Lions who are fun to watch. Can't stop anybody. They're an over machine. You've got the Packers. We don't know. Maybe the best team in the division. Then you have these two. The Bears on the road in Minnesota. The Vikings coming back from London. And I don't know where the decision was or when it made when it was made that they said the London teams no longer get the week off, but they don't anymore. How much, Mikey, do you think that's going to play in this week? Uh, I mean, I think it, it has some impact. I think it's a little overstated, uh, personally. So, I'm not, I'm not putting a ton of weight into it, especially in this particular matchup. Uh, you know, if it was a different matchup for the Vikings, I'd be a little worried. But I, I like Minnesota here. Um, I think it's a pretty friendly number at seven. I haven't played it. Um, don't know if I'm going to end up playing it just because of that factor and because it's Kirk Cousins still. Um, but yeah, I, I can't get to backing the Bears in any scenario, really. So I think the number is mostly appropriate. I make it 7.8, almost eight points. Um, I, I think others definitely make it higher. But I, I'm not going to play it. If I were to play it, um, I would probably look to some of the team total unders on the Chicago side, similar to what RJ's doing with the Steelers against uh, the Bills. So that's how I'm looking at it for now. Um, but I do lean Vikings. All right, so Mikey does not have an official play yet on this game, but RJ, you're already at a point where you are making an official play on this game. Who do you like? I'm one of those others Mikey's talking about. I think this line should be 10 if, if Chicago's actually bad, and I think they are. I have them matched for uh, being the worst team in the league when the Giants have a quarterback, which which Giants are my number 32 team this week just because of their quarterback situation. Minnesota has a solid home field. Chicago's defense can't stop the run, and it's hard to mount a second-half comeback if you can't get the ball and you can't stop the run and the other team's just running the ball down your throat. Chicago also can't protect Justin Fields. 23.9% sack rate. That's almost double the next worst team. Like No wonder the pass game is just DOA and just not playing at all. I wouldn't throw the ball either if I couldn't protect the quarterback like that. Uh, Minnesota, you mentioned the, the thing coming back from UK. I think they give teams the option, and the Vikings wouldn't want to take their bye here in week five and then have um, you know, 12, 13 weeks to play and then go into the playoffs and they hope to be a playoff team. I think they want to want their bye a little bit later. So I'm actually a fan of what they did um, on, on their quick UK trip going over on the Friday or in flying over and sleeping on the plane coming Saturday. I wasn't a fan of it for that game, but they were able to win. I'm a fan of what it does for them in this game. Coming back um, helps this week. The players' body clocks didn't adjust. They should be back on their normal time a lot easier than the Saints would be for their game. So I think that they're, they're not going to face any ill effects of that game. It was just a little bit longer business trip than usual. Turned around, came right back home, and it's back to business as usual for them. So I think this game should be 10. I have uh, Minnesota minus 7 as a best bet. And for those people who may not know, most NFL teams, they go in on Saturday when they're playing here in the States, and then they're right back home on Sunday night. So they spend one night on the road normally uh, when they have an away game uh, here in the States. All right, now the next game should be fun, but I have no idea what's going to happen. The Patriots are down to quarterback number three, who looked actually pretty capable coming in relief last week in Green Bay. So the Patriots are actually favored by three over the Lions. The total currently sits at 46 and a half. And RJ, I'm coming back to you. We have been banging this over every single week, and it has not been close. Last week, going north of 90 against the Seahawks. Is the over the play right now? Well, Bailey Zappi is no Geno Smith. So if, if Bailey Zappi's playing this game, 
I don't want any piece of the the over, and I don't think the Patriots should be laying points with him. I know they kept that game close, but he didn't look particularly well. They didn't do hardly anything with him. I think he threw like 16 passes for less than 100 yards. You know, a little Justin Fields-type performance there. Even Detroit's defense being 31st in yards per play, and they are 32nd against the run. So I think New England's just going to work around their quarterback issues by running the ball over and over and over again. And, and Detroit, if Zappi is the quarterback, should be putting eight in the box and saying, okay, go ahead and make the throws you need to do down the field to beat us. Uh, New England's defense struggles against the run too and Detroit's offense is number one in yards per play and rush yards per play really driving that offense running the ball we saw that Jamal Williams had a big game last week um, I don't know that they lose obviously you want De DeAndre Swift in there but it seems like the offense can still run as much as they want to with Jamal Williams as the feature guy um, despite the score in that game New England didn't play Green Bay that close I think in the game I think it was just Green Bay struggling early New England got that defensive score you could tell me they'll get a defensive score in this game you know I, I would like them but minus three, I think Detroit's probably going to be the play. Just waiting to see if Mac Jones has any chance to play in this game. Because if Mac is back, then yeah, let's go over the total of 46 and a half. But if it's Zappy, I like Detroit plus three. I always like when I come on Tuesdays because I get so excited. I'm ready to put all my money on the over. Oh, this quarterback looked great. And then my experts remind me, oh, there's a full week to prepare, Mikey. There's a full seven days to get ready for this rookie. So do you see this game playing out the same way that RJ sees this playing out. Yeah, uh, I'm not touching the over now at this point. I know we've been all over the Lions. Great over team so far. Um, still not the best environment for them to play in. Uh, we love them when they're playing at home in a dome. Uh, not, not the case here playing on the road at New England. That said, I can't make the case for New England being favored. Um, the only thing that I would give some caution to is seeing them at three. That tells me that maybe there's a chance Mac Jones plays. Uh, otherwise, I don't know how they're in minus three in this game. It should be a pick em. Um I, I'm not ready to bet on Bailey Zappi here, so I, I'm not going to play anything. The other thing that's interesting on it is we've seen this, uh, this total drop a little bit to 45 and a half. Um, that tells me it's probably Bailey Zappi, and you probably want to stay away from it in this spot. So... I'm not touching this game while the Lions have been an over machine. This would not shock me if this game ended particularly ended up being a 20 to 17 ugly victory one way or the other. Uh, I want no part of it right now. But if you said, Mike, I need you to make a play on it right now, I would take the Lions plus three. Okay, very good. And I would do what Mikey always tells me not to do and buy the half point to three and a half. But earmuffs, Mikey, earmuffs. All right, now. Next game, and I don't know this. So I'm going to ask you, Mikey or RJ, if you know. The schedule makers told Seattle, well, you're going to go to Detroit, and the next game you're going to play in Louisiana. Now, did they go all the way back to Seattle? Do we know that? Or did know. they? We don't know. Boy, this is a tough – if they had to, this is a tough, tough two weeks traveling all the way to Detroit, back home, then all the way to Louisiana and back home. So the Saints are currently favored five and a half, the total of 45 and a half. We have no plays as a brand yet on this game. But, RJ, let me come to you first. The Saints did not look that good last week. The Se Seahawks did in scoring 48. And Gino, I don't know how many more weeks we've got to give him credit for playing until we say, okay, he's serviceable. He's serviceable. Talk to me. Yeah, the Seahawks upgraded a quarterback this offseason. So congrats to them. You know, they did the the smart thing, trading the the guy that they had and getting a ton of picks for him. And then they found the best quarterback in the league in Geno Smith. I think we can start <laughs> thinking about Seattle like we do the Lions. They're they're an over team. Seattle's defense, 32nd yeah. in yards per play. 
There are two Denver goal line fumbles from allowing 27 plus points in four straight. They just you know, are officially low in that game because of those goal line fumbles by Denver. Seattle's offense, third in yards per play, top five in both rush and pass. Gino is pro football focused, number one quarterback right now. I know Gino isn't the best quarterback in the league. He's playing like it, though. He's done some things. If you look at the stats that have come out from that game that no quarterback has done over the first four weeks of the season, just incredible stuff from him. New Orleans offense had 5.9 yards per play last week without Jameis Kamara and Michael Thomas. That tells me that, that Dalton is able to run this offense. Chris Olave is capable of being a number one receiver and they can get things done offensively if they need to. I was always on the train of you should play a healthy Dalton over a hurt Jameis, give him time to, to, uh, to get healthy. So I hope that that's what they do in this game here, because I think if they do, it's going to go over the total. And my lean is over 46 and I want to love Seattle with catching five and a half, but is that tough travel spot after at Detroit last week, like you were saying. So if we're okay with their travel, if we find out more about their travel and we're fine with it, I think Seahawks are a solid play, but right now I'm looking to the over. Okay. We'll keep our eye on that for Sunday's 12 PM early edge live. Mikey Pooh bear in the chat says with the saints, Slow offensive starts. Do you play anything first quarter or first half? Uh, I won't personally just because, especially first quarter. I mean, you could play first quarter totals if you want to. I would not play first quarter sides uh, just because it's very random in terms of who's getting the ball first with the uh, the coin toss. has a massive impact, uh, especially in the NFL where the clock is rolling, does not stop on first downs. Makes a huge, huge difference. So I would not touch sides in the first quarter personally. Uh, as far as where I'm leaning in the game, I'm exactly with RJ on this one. I like the total. Um, I have the total all the way up to 48. I think the number should be 47 and a half. I think that we might see it trend that way throughout the week, too. It'll be very interesting to see how the market reacts to that. But Gino has been good. He's been efficient enough. He, he still has some decent weapons in Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. We already know the kind of weapons on the other side of the ball. Andy Dalton, I agree completely. I think he should start the game. I would much rather see him step in here and play again, uh, as opposed to Winston knowing that he's hurt, uh, especially if he gets some of the other weapons back to play with. So I am with RJ. If I had to play the game right now, it would be over. Um, I don't – look, if it, and then again, if you ask me for sure on a spread side – I would wait till it gets to six potentially with good news on the Saints side and then play the Seahawks at six, but I, I feel better about the total. Yeah, I agree with you too. They, it just screams yuck to me with that five and a half staring you in the face. I agree with you. I would love to see just a track meet up and down and just bet the total and just watch it cash in the third quarter like it did in Detroit this past week. All right, another surprising team, gentlemen, the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They're two and two. They welcome the three and one, but two of lists Miami Dolphins to town. The total sitting at 44 and a half. The Dolphins are favored by three on the morning show. Our newest Katie Mox is playing the Dolphins minus three. So, Mike, you, you agree with her, but tell me why. Yeah, this is my favorite play of the week, which is a little scary. Um, it, it's an obvious spot. I think a lot of people want to bet it, but I, I've already played alts on this, too. I played it at six and a half. I played it. I played it at three. I played it at six and a half, and I played it at ten and a half. Um, I like the Dolphins a lot here. Uh, look, Tua, how good he is, undecided at this point. I don't think the drop to Teddy Bridgewater is massive from Tua personally. Uh, while on the other side, the Jets did not deserve to win the football game that they won last week against a Steelers team that we do not think is very good at all. Uh, this Miami defense is legit. They've got weapons. I don't see how the Jets are going to contain Tyreek Hill 
and Jalen Waddle if Teddy Bridgewater is able to deliver the ball. He's got a full week to plan and prepare with the weapons that he's going to have. I would make the argument that the Dolphins could have beaten the Bengals the other night in that awful situation that they were stuck in. Um, I, I like the Dolphins here in the spot. I, I think the spread in this game should be six. And uh, I think it's off. And it's always concerning when you're that far away from the market. So for my sake, I'd like to at least see the market move this to four by the time this kicks off. I don't know if we will or not. But I trust the data. Obviously, if you followed me for a while, you know that I always play it no matter what when it comes to that. So Dolphins, best bet of the week. Absolutely love them. Another massive game for Tyreek Hill. Mikey's right, RJ, that this probably should be six, but it's so scary when you don't have your number one guy to then go on the road and lay that big of a number against a team that is two and two and has figured out a way, albeit craziness, to get to two wins. Why do you think the spread is where it is? Because I'm on the other side. I think the line should be lower. Um, I, the look ahead was my, was Miami minus six. I think we're not giving two enough credit when we talk about him like that in relation to Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's worth more than three points. I think he can do more in the offense than Teddy can. He's more of a caretaker. Capable backup can come in, can save some games for you on the road. He wasn't able to do it against the Bengals. But he can come in, be competitive. But I think the ceiling of the pass offense is is lowered with him, maybe even significantly lowered. And Miami struggles to run the ball, and the Jets have a great defense, so I run defense. So I don't think they can turn to the run game and and take the pressure off Teddy. I think it's all on Teddy right now. Zach Wilson had an uneven debut. Uh, I thought that he'd be rusty coming into that game. That's why I like Pittsburgh minus three. I was right; he didn't look very good. Turn it on in the fourth quarter, though. Um, and you know, if he starts getting his feet under him, I think he can concede it can succeed against this Miami defense that hasn't really looked that great. And the key thing here for the Jets is they've been losing tackle after tackle, uh, you know, on offense. Um, guys going to the IR, Beckton, George Fan, all these guys. They moved their their uh, their f- former first runner, Elijah Vera Tucker, from the guard to left tackle, and he did a great job. And I was worried that when they did that, that he was going to get injured in the game and be out for the year because that's just how it goes with Jets tackles. But um, he he survived. He's going to play in this game, hopefully a left tackle again. And he might be able to protect Zach Wilson there because he did a good job there. Um, so I think two is worth more than three. This came down off six, off the look ahead, two, three. I think it should go the other way. I don't think it's going to. I think most people are lined up on the Mikey side and it's going to tip over three. And once it does, I'm probably going to be looking to play the Jets. All right, very good. You can turn on your notifications every time my guys make a pick or put out any information. Follow them so you can get it. Great information like that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this next one, very interesting. There's a lot of external factors if you believe what the New York Post reported today. If you believe the headlines, which I hate doing because half the time they're wrong, but just reporting what's out there, that Tom Brady's wife, Giselle, has hired a divorce attorney. And his play so far this year, he missed two weeks in preseason. He has not looked good. And they did not look good against the Chiefs. So, gentlemen, with that being said, we do have a couple of different plays on this game. The Bucs are laying a robust 8.5 to the Falcons, who just beat the Browns at home. Total 48. So, RJ, let me come to you first. Let me ask you about the Tom Brady situation. Do you think that is affecting his play in any way? No, I think if anybody, you know, gets all that out of his mind the minute he goes on the field, it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a very singularly focused guy on the field, and I don't think he lets those distractions creep in 
at all. So I wouldn't worry about him. I thought they, their pass offense actually played pretty well last week against the Chiefs. The defense just couldn't do anything. Um, and then the run game couldn't do anything. So it became all on Brady. And even with those receivers back, they, they weren't 100%. They're going to be better in this game. Bucks coming off a tough home loss. Uh, it came versus potentially the best team in the NFL, like I mentioned at the top. Uh, Atlanta caught a few early breaks against Cleveland, and the offense played well late for the win. Um, but I don't think Atlanta is as good as, as they've looked. And the the concerning thing to me in Atlanta is their defense. I actually thought that the defense was going to be the strength of the team coming in with some solid players um, like they have at cornerback, at defensive tackle. They allowed 400-plus yards to both Seattle and Cleveland. They haven't been impressive at all. Completed seven passes isn't going to cut it when you're facing Tom Brady. Um, they were 7-19 in that game with Mariota. The elite Tampa Bay rush defense fell apart against Kansas City. I think they're going to step up here in a matchup where they don't have to play Cordero Patterson. It's rookie Tyler Algier and then, you know, some some uh, collection of who knows guys like Caleb Huntley, Avery Williams. Tampa Bay needs a big win here. Back-to-back home – after back-to-back home losses, getting those receivers healthy is huge. I think that the pressure is on for them to come out and put 40 up in this game and win it convincingly. I'm teasing Buccaneers down to minus 2.5. I think this game should be north of 10 again, um, like I did with some of these lines. So I think there is going to be value playing them straight, but at minus 8.5, I think it's only going to go up from here. So now is the time to tease it. So I'm teasing Green Bay minus 2 with Tampa Bay minus 2.5. And then you also have uh, Tampa Bay. And then are you teasing Kansas City down to one also? I'm okay with that. I'm actually going to play Kansas City straight on my end. Okay. All right. Very good. Now, Mikey, you also have a teaser leg in this game. Talk to me. Yeah, I've got two teasers with this game. Uh, the first one's going to be with Green Bay, just like RJ here. I love this spot for the Bucks. Uh, again, I make this game 10. Uh, and I would argue that this is a one that you could definitely look at playing alts on. I think the Bucks absolutely roll here. Getting the receivers back, huge, especially having another week to work together again, get back to full strength here. Massive for this offense. Yes, they didn't look great against Kansas City, but they weren't as bad as the scoreboard really indicated. Having the fumbled kickoff that led to an instant score, started the game off on the wrong foot. You lost a possession there. The other team gets the ball to start the second half. Just all things like that that really kind of snowballed that made that game look a little worse than it was. Uh, they're a significantly better team. Atlanta not having Patterson, he was the one thing that was electric enough for them that could get enough yards per carry, yards per touch to really make things interesting, extend a drive or two that could potentially lead to the game getting interesting. That's not going to happen here in this spot. I like the box. Again, I make it 10, played it in a teaser, get it before it goes to nine. We don't ever like to have minus threes hanging there on our teasers because once again, a push on a teaser loses the entire thing. So do not do that. But while it's at eight and a half now, I don't expect it to last there much longer. So grab it if you want to tease it. So much great information. I know I tell you guys a lot at home, but this is a business about the information. It's not about the picks. It's about the information. All right, now, this next game, and I saw a lot of people on social media about, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes in to Sunday's games when the Jags were up 14-0. Oh, the Jags are for real. Oh, Eagles not as good. And then they barely score again the rest of the game. So who are the Jags? Well, right now they're laying seven as the Houston Texans come to town. And some people are saying, Mikey, that the Jags are the best team in their division. Are they right? Maybe. Uh, the Colts should still be a better team. The Titans should still be a better team when they're at full strength, but they're, they're, they've closed the gap considerably for sure. Uh, as far as this game here, I don't have a ton to say about it other than 
both of these teams are, are negative. They're neither one of the, like Houston's one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst. Um, at seven, I just don't, I don't want any part of laying it here in a division game like this. So I understand why you would want to. Um, I, I make the game six, but I, I'm not eager to go play the Texans at plus seven either uh, in a road game like this. So I'm not going to play it. Um, wish I had more to offer you on it, but it's simply a game that's just crossed off for me. I, I have no interest in it. We tell people all the time, you don't have to bet every game. And RJ, the chat is saying, don't overthink it. Just play the Jags minus seven. What say you? Think about that. What a world. Don't overthink it. Play the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> minus seven against an NFL team. Um, but it might be justified here. I'm not taking the Texans either. I have the line at minus seven. Trevor Lawrence had a terrible game against Philly, but he's not going to fumble four times very often. That's not that's something that'll regress to the mean. It's just that that Philly defense is so good that that they're knocking the ball out and then that's just something that happens with quarterbacks from time to time. The Houston offense, not actually terrible, 6.5 yards per play against the Chargers. They just need to start having some early success. They can't be falling behind in these games and then putting it all on, on Mills to catch up here. Houston's defense not doing anything well right now. I think the Jacksonville offense can carry the day here. Good game for James Robinson. Bounce back game for him, playing in a positive script. I would lean toward Jacksonville minus seven. I'm typically not one to tease sevens a little bit. You know, I'm more skittish on that than Mikey is, but I think this line should probably go up a little bit. So if you want to tease them down to minus one, I'm kind of okay with it in this sense. All right. Very good. Aaron in the chat says not a game. I would want to touch really LOL. Aaron, we both, we all three agree with you. We don't want to touch this game and we probably will not. This episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, now, those are the 9 one o'clock games. There are three 4 o'clock games this week. And this is also a very interesting game, gentlemen. Six and a half is the spread. Total sitting at 42 and a half. I, full disclosure, lost two showdowns on the Rams. They're dead to me. And the 49ers had two really big plays that led to that victory on Monday night. But a short week and traveling all the way to Charlotte. RJ, let me come to you. Are the 49ers the team we saw last night? We well, said 42 and a half. You can get that. Play the under right away. I mean, I, I had under, un, I had 39 and a half and I was still leaning under. It's 39 now that we have on the graphic. Um, that's okay. a very low total, but I have no confidence in Carolina's offense. You know, so you see a six and a half point spread. You see a total of 39. You see a home dog. You probably want to play the home dog. I, I don't know if they get to 10 points in this game. That San Francisco defense is number one in yards per play. And I'm also, though, worried about San Francisco's offense on the road in a cross-country spot with their issues at left tackle with Trent Williams being out. I think 6.5 is a fair number, um, you know, it, just in a normal matchup with these teams in power ratings. But because of the, the it's the road team favored, it's a low-scoring game, I'm not really thinking about playing 49ers here. So if I had to lean anything, I would lean to the under if it's 39 and a half. 39, I'm kind of just staying away from this game. Mikey, Matt Rule did something you can never do. He publicly said, well, if I were the fans, I would boo me too. So you know what's going to happen on Sunday. They're like, oh, I have carte blanche to, to boo, and he's telling his kids, this is part of life. He's telling his kids, you just got to take it. I have a feeling it's going to be enough. If it starts ugly, it could get uglier within the stadium. Do you think that affects this game at all? 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it affects the game uh, a little bit. Look, I, I think that it's the San Francisco 49ers defense that affects the game and having Baker Mayfield throwing passes, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey is going to have to step up and have a fantastic day for them to have any chance of winning this game, in my opinion. Um, I think the number's right. Uh, I make it 6.2, actually, but that's I downgrade a team like this after a big win coming in this kind of a travel spot. So I'm not going to play it. I still have a little edge left on the under, actually, even though it is a low number at 39. I have this at 37 and a half. Um, I, I like the defense a lot here for San Francisco. I just another game I'm probably not going to end up playing anything on. Uh, I totally get why you'd want to bet the 49ers minus six and a half. I totally get why you'd want to break all the rules and try and tease them on the road here, get them down to minus half or play them on the money line in a parlay. Like I totally get why you'd want to do all those things. I'm not going to do it. Um, I, I'm still not a huge believer in Jimmy Garoppolo and it's just another game that I really don't want any part of uh, potentially live betting on totals throughout the game uh, because like RJ, I'm not sure that Carolina scores in the game or scores more than 10 in this game. Very interesting. Now I know that he's getting teased, but I don't always like it when legends are teased in the chat. They're like, does Mikey have a hundred leg parlay ready for us today? LOL. Mikey, can you tell me what your model uh, allowed you to do last night in the million dollar contest at DraftKings? Who won that last night? Uh, we did win it. Yeah, I shared it with quite a few people because it was on Sportsline from the Oscar as well. There were not all Sportsline members, but yeah, we we did uh, we we did pretty well. The only yeah. unfortunate thing is we had a twelve leg same game parlay that hit eleven of them, and the leg that did not cash was the Rams plus eleven and a half. That was a plus thirty four hundred ticket. Uh, yeah, I made about eight grand last night. It would have been a twenty two thousand dollar night. Yeah. Every time you guys want to tease us about the fun things that we do, a lot of them are fun, but a lot of them cash. And there's an example of it. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. Next game. And this one, I think, is going to tell us a lot, gentlemen. It's going to tell us a lot in the weaker, and I would say much weaker, NFC. Cowboys traveling to SoFi. Take on the Rams, 425 Eastern. The Rams are favored. By four and a half currently. Total at 42 and a half. Now, Dak Prescott has made it very clear, and I think it's because he's worried about not getting his job back. I know he makes $40 million. I get it. But Cooper Rush is the guy right now. If you're just going from a football perspective, Mikey, you don't take him out. But we know finances can dictate who plays. Why are the Cowboys getting four and a half? <sighs> Well, I mean, it's a road environment. It's a road game. There'll probably be as many Cowboys fans in the stands uh, at this one. But, yeah, it's, you know, there, there's a lot of talk in the locker room, quarterback coming back and not. I I want to back the Cowboys. I'd probably back the Cowboys at five. Uh, I'm always worried about Cooper Cup. He's just a fantastic player. So hard to defend. Tyler Higby actually looks really good for them because that's all they have. Uh, and they've still got enough of a pass rush that the things could get diced. Um, the only thing I'm getting to in this game though, is the over, uh, it's under the number that is a very key number in the NFL, which is 44. I have this one at 46 and a half. Um, I, I trend towards the over here in this spot. I do think that Dallas can put up enough points. We've seen it with Cooper Rush that they can be competitive enough in pretty much any football game, any matchup that they have right now. And I expect a little better performance from, 
the LA side here, I expect them to put up points. Look, they're, they're putting up nine points last night. They didn't play that bad. I would argue they should have had 16 points in the game. Um, Having said that, I, I like the over here. If it got to five or north of five, I would strongly consider playing Dallas. Yeah, I'm strongly considering it right now before we get to tomorrow. But again, I'm always the right. I'm the host. I, you guys are the experts. So, RG, I'm still my mind is a little bit blown here based off of watching these two teams play, which I know you can't always do that when you're setting a line. But the Cowboys the last two weeks, not only have they looked good, they looked motivated. You even got Mike McCarthy giving fist pumps on the sidelines. This is a different current Cowboys team than we've seen in the past. Explain why this, in your mind, is the line this week so far. Well, the look ahead was Rams minus seven. And, I mean, I'm typically fading that big of a line of anyway. I'm looking to play against that as an overreaction play. So I think if you move it down any further, the expert's going to want to be jumping on the Rams here. Uh, but the Rams offense looks mediocre, now 31st in yards per play ahead of only Washington. Dallas's defense fourth in yards per play, second versus the pass, fourth in sack rate. I think the Rams offense could be in trouble in this game. I was interested in playing the under here. It was 45 and a half earlier. Um, so I was leaning under there. It's already crashed down two points. And everybody had that idea and jumped on it all at once. Um, I'm not going to play it at 43 and a half. Uh, so the Rams defense not really playing up their ceiling either. Um, but I think this is a good spot here for the Rams defense against Cooper Rush. I know he's looked good. I know that he seems like a starting quarterback in this league with, how, with his play. But with those guys, they might string together a few good starts. But you got to wonder when it's going to come crashing down. No quarterback can continue to have success start after start after start, no matter who they are, much less, you know, this, this no-name backup guy. So I think he might be under pressure here, knowing that this might be his last start and Dak might be ready to come back. And so he has one more chance to show what he can do. Put under pressure against Aaron Donald, you know, rushing the, the, the quarterback. That's not going to be a good look here. So I'm staying away from this game. I was interested in playing the under when the total was a little higher. Now I'm probably just not going to play anything. Do you see a scenario that they don't bring Dak back when he's healthy? No, they're paying him too much. They got to play him. I know that Jerry is likes to, you know, stir up the, the pot there and, and get people talking, but Dak's got to be the quarterback. Um, You know, maybe they can extend it and push it back his return a little more say, Oh, just get a hundred percent. Don't play anything at hundred percent. If Cooper rush keeps winning. Um, But I think Dak is definitely the quarterback long-term. Golly. That, that'd be it, it, I, I even go back to his history. He, he hasn't, he's not been a playoff quarterback in doubt. I just, but I, but I, I agree with you. $40 million is $40 million. All right. Let me comment on that coach real quick. Yeah, please, uh, when please. I would bring Dak back, I, I think we'll see it before then, but you look at the schedule, they play at LA. I would not bring him there. They play at Philly. That's probably where he's going to play is at Philly. I would not, I would let him debut again at home against the lions the week following that. Uh, that's where I would set him up to have at least a little bit of success. I would not bring him back a rusty Dak Prescott, in my opinion, back on the road against that Philly defense. I, I don't think that would be a good idea. So that's probably what they'll do. <laughs> the problem, <laughs> yes, the, the, so the problem there is though, you know, I think it makes sense if you want to keep him healthy, but if you think that he's your best option, you have to play him in that game against the division rival Fair. that, cause that game might decide the division. So if he Fair. gives you your best chance to win and that's what has you convinced you have to play him if he's ready in that, in that game. I, I, I agree with all of you and, and you're being very, very smart, but I just, I'm just the history of this Cowboys team. Why? I got to stop. I got to move on. Cause if Jerry Jones just frustrates me, the whole thing frustrates me. So we always say, why, why, why it's never going to change. It's never going to change. All right, now, speaking of the Eagles that Mikey was just talking about, the Eagles are the only 
the last undefeated team left in the league, and they looked every bit the part defensively, offensively. they got a leader in Jalen Hurts. They've got a great wide receiver in Devontae Smith. They're laying five and a half on the road at Arizona. Guys, two good quarters for Arizona has allowed them to get two wins. But other than that, we're seeing Kyler Murray fight with his head coach, scream at his head coach. His coach looks like deer in the headlights, can't get plays off. But somehow, they're two and two. So, I don't know how to look at this game. RJ, start us off. Yeah, Arizona defense coming off a good game um, on the surface, but that could be more just playing Baker and company. They're still 27th in yards per play. Philly's number one in pass yards per play. I think they'll throw all over this defense. Uh, Arizona's offense only 29th in yards per play despite the easy win, 30th in pass yards per play. Uh, Philly's defense struggled against the run in week one, but they've been better since creating turnovers. Maybe the offensive line injuries for Philly matter a little bit. Um, you know, we saw Mylata leave that game. Saw uh, saw Malo, uh, the guard, leave that game. Um, but this is just not a tough matchup. Arizona's defense, 32nd in sack rate. Um, so I think Philly wins pretty easily here. My lean would be Philly minus five in this game. Mikey, the Eagles have looked great on both sides of the ball from a because you're always looking DFS props is this a game that you think we can find some some edges on as far as players are concerned yeah I think so um and I think it's going to be on the Arizona side to be honest with you I I like Arizona in this game uh I'm hoping that we get this at six I, I only expect it to move that way later in the week personally so I'm holding out on it I I like Arizona plus six, though, believe it or not. This is the first real road test of the season for the Eagles. They are traveling, obviously, across country, different start time. Not really worried about the different start time like we do with the West Coast teams traveling east. But you look at their schedule so far, and yes, they've been really good, right? But they beat the Lions by three in Detroit in a dome in a controlled environment. They beat the Vikings. Very unclear how good the Vikings are, right? They beat the Commanders. We know the Commanders suck. We don't even count that as a road game. It's a short bus ride. doesn't really count. They hang on to beat the Jaguars by eight after a really, really, really slow start. Now they have an actual road test where they go to Arizona. They have the travel element for the first time, really, of the season. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a letdown spot. As you know what they have on deck next, they travel back home to face the Cowboys in a game, like RJ said, that could potentially decide the division. Kyler Murray is still talented. The team is getting a little more healthy here. Um, I, I like the Cardinals backdoor cover here. Uh, Kyler Murray doing his desperation act that he's so good at at times. Um, I think that they ultimately end up covering, especially if this gets to sixth. Uh, I think the Eagles might escape with a win, but I, I think it's a field goal either way. Every time that you count Kyler Murray out, say he's not worth $230 million. Then he has a finish like two weeks ago. And then he has a finish like last week in Carolina where he looks great in the fourth quarter. Oh, but he is a frustrating. If you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, I'm sorry for you because it's got to be incredibly, incredibly frustrating. All right, two more games to get to. Then we're going to get the hell out of Dodge. But don't forget, we've got primetime shows on Thursday, on Sunday, on Monday, counting down to all of these games. Now, gentlemen, AFC North battle. And this could be a game that ultimately decides the division. We don't know. Bengals on the road, Ravens laying three, total 48. Mikey, I'm coming to you. I've been very critical on social media about the Ravens, all of them, including Lamar Jackson, because he's not not at fault. They could be so much better. Their record should be so much better. They've taken a lot of heat this week for the decision-making against the Bills. Where do you think this Ravens team is at laying the three? 
Look, it's a tough place to play, right? Uh, for a visiting team, it's a visiting team that's familiar with it, it to some extent, but uh, it's a tough place to go in and win a football game. I like the Ravens here in this spot. I was hoping that we'd see the market react the other way and, and hang a two and a half. I understand why it's not. I, I actually think it probably moves to three and a half before uh, kickoff in this game. But I do make the Ravens minus 4.2 uh, in this spot. So just trending that way. Um, I, I think they're the better team. I think Lamar Jackson is still dangerous enough uh, in these kind of games. And what I've not been impressed with at all is Joe Mixon. He's been incredibly inefficient. That Cincinnati team, I'd like them a lot more if they went away from Joe Mixon a little bit uh, and kind of open things up. And potentially they will in this spot. But my lean right now is Ravens minus three. Uh, the total fascinates me here. We have to watch the weather always in Baltimore. Uh, but this primetime game like this, I lean over on this total. I have this one at 50 and a half. That's where I think the market should be on it. I like that you're getting it right now at 48 and a half under that number of 49. Um, so my two leans here, Ravens and over in what could turn into a massive shootout here on Sunday Night Football. Uh, yeah, RJ, that's kind of where I was going to go with uh, the next question was the Bengals seem to be getting their offensive act together. They seem to be mixing it around. Burrow seems to be getting healthy, but that was against a Dolphins team that was fighting with emotions, losing their quarterback. Now this week they go on the road. Where do you think Cincinnati is at? Yeah, the Cincinnati offense, 30th in yards per play, but they are second in time of possession and they're good on third down. So they're they're not being very efficient with their plays. They're not being explosive, but they're maintaining the ball. They're, they're extending drives. One of those things is going to have to, you know, the, the immovable object against the the whatever for unstoppable force. One of those things is going to crumble at some point. And hopefully for them, it's going to be the offense dragging up their yards per play when they have these playmakers like T Higgins and Jamar Chase. I thought that they'd have, you know, explosive games against teams like the Jets and it just didn't happen. Um, Baltimore's defense 28th in sack rate. So I don't think they're going to put a ton of pressure on, on since he's offense here. And since he could score some points because of that, since his defense is solid, but they also aren't racking up sacks. I think Baltimore's offense bounced back in this game. We want to see uh, Rashad Bateman's health though. And um, if, if they're down Rashad Bateman, they don't have too much at receiver in terms of depth. I know Duvernay has stepped up and looked like a solid number two option, but the depth just isn't there. So um, if, if you're funneling all your passing game targets through uh, Mark Andrews, it becomes easier to defend. So it feels like this could go either way. I think since the stock is a little higher here, which is why the, the line came down half a point off the look ahead, it was Baltimore minus three and a half. I don't think it's going to go to two and a half like Mikey. I think if anything, it goes up. So I would lean Baltimore. Baltimore, if you like Baltimore, you probably want to get that pick in now because I don't think it's going down. The nice thing is that it's the Sunday night game. So if you're having a good day, then maybe you just play the over, like Mikey said, and just enjoy the game and not sweat either side. I love that with Sunday night games. Now, there is a host at the early edge who will remain unnamed. I told you before the season that Patrick Mahomes had a chip on his shoulder. I told you before the season, Patrick Mahomes heard all of the talk in the offseason about his depleted talents, and he's playing pissed off, and that's the best version of Patrick Mahomes. He has a chance this week, four touchdowns, to pass the great Troy Aikman, who will be calling a game in career touchdown passes. Troy Aikman's in the Hall of Fame already. So, laying seven against the Raiders, the one in three Raiders at a raucous Monday night Arrowhead, one of the toughest environments in all of football, and they're playing great. So, Mikey, let me come to you because you have not just a straight, but also it was you that has Kansas City in a teaser. My apologies. So tell me what you like in this game this week. 
Yeah, we'll start with uh, Kansas City straight, minus seven. Love them in the spot. I make the number eight and a half uh, in the simulations. I, I think you could make it even further than that, but I respect the division opponent um, and Kansas City's somewhat unique ability to play to the level of the competition sometimes. So I, I'm not going crazy and making it 10 personally. I'm going eight and a half is where I've got it. I like it, though, at minus seven. And then I put it with that Tampa Bay teaser that I really love. Still get Tampa Bay at eight and a half, tease it down to two and a half and Kansas City minus one. I uh, love the spot for him. I, I think that you're absolutely right. Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the NFL. He's got a massive chip on his shoulder. The weapons are there. The team overall is just really solid in pretty much every category. A really unfortunate special teams loss that kind of cost them at uh, Indianapolis. Otherwise, we would definitively be saying they're the best team in the NFL right now. Um, yeah, I think this is a great spot for them. Primetime game at Arrowhead. Uh, huge home field advantage, in my opinion. So love the Chiefs. Going to play them minus seven, and I've got him in that teaser with the Bucks. And I also think Andy Reid, RJ, is the type of coach that he also hears the chatter, and he wants to let his team know, I'm going to let you go out there and show the world just how good you are. Sunday night, national audience, they go bananas. Same scenario this week, only at home. Do you think the Chiefs are the best team in the league right now? I have them tied with the Bills eight points above average. Um, so if you put this on a neutral field for this line to make sense, you'd have to say the Raiders are one point better than average. I do not think the Raiders are an above average team. I think they're below average despite getting their first win. I don't think they can stop the Kansas City pass offense at all. I don't care who's catching passes for Kansas City. Um, I just don't think this Raiders defense has it in them to stop them. Um, if Perryman isn't back from his concussion, I think the Chiefs could score 40 pretty easily in this game. The Chiefs defense giving up a lot of points, but they're eighth in yards per play. I think the scoring defense for them will come down and it'll get more in line with how they've looked otherwise. I think this line should be closer to 10. Um, you know, when you throw in the Chiefs home field advantage here and consider that the Raiders are not an above average team, um, getting it at seven is just great. So I have them locked in as a best bet at minus seven too. Uh, I think a lot of people would agree with that best bet at seven, but get it in now. Don't wait until Sunday when it's nine, nine and a half. And then you go, Oh coach, what? No, RJ told you, Mikey told you. All right. What an incredible, incredible mega preview this week. My two guys are the best and maestro too. So grab your paper, grab your pencil. Here is the recap of our best bets so far in this show. If we have it, if not, just let me know that, Jake. Oh, there we go. Because I never ask. All right, Mikey's on the Chiefs. Dolphins minus the three. Steelers bills under 47. Then a couple of teasers. Packers minus two. Bucks minus two and a half. And then the Bucks and the Chiefs. And remember, in teasers, Getting them in early is paramount because line movement changes everything. Then the stoic one, RJ White. He's on the Vikings minus the seven, also on the Chiefs. Steelers team total under 16 and a half. And then he also has the Bucks in a teaser with the Packers. A reminder, our college football mega preview on Wednesday, our prop shop, Twitter spaces on Thursday. And then, of course, our primetime shows Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. We never stop. We haven't missed a day since December of 2020 because we grind and we grind for all of you at home. So with that being said, there's only one thing left to do. <clears throat> and I believe you know what that is. It's time to recap our best bets brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. Just one more time if you didn't get it done. So, Mike, if you don't mind, go through your best bets. All right, Coach. Kansas City Chiefs minus seven. I make this number eight and a half, and I could argue that it should be higher Love their home field advantage. Love everything they have here. And I do not think the Raiders are capable of using Devontae Adams correctly yet. 
Miami Dolphins, minus three. Absolutely love this play against the Jets. I think the Jets have been very, very, very fortunate to have two wins on the season here. Love the Dolphins. I don't think they have any chance, the Jets, I don't think they have any chance of slowing down Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell in this game. Still, Steelers and Bills, under 47. Uh, I think this number should be 43 and a half. I don't think the Steelers put up enough points to get this one to the over, as I think the Bills are able to kill the clock in the second half. And then I've got some teasers here. Packers minus two and Tampa Bay Bucks minus two and a half. And then the Bucks teased with the Kansas City Chiefs on their home field. Bring that number down to minus one. That's exactly right. Our week five NFL mega preview recap is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. RJ White, what do you have, sir? I like the Vikings to cover minus seven against the Bears. I think the Bears are one of the worst teams in the league, despite their record. I think the Vikings are an above average team. I don't think an above average team should be laying only seven points at home to one of the worst teams in the league. I think that line should be 10. The Chiefs, I have at minus seven. I think that line should be close to 10 too. Chiefs look like the best team in the league. I have them tied for first in my power ratings with the Bills at eight points better than average. So if a team's going to be eight points better than average, the team they're playing for them to be minus seven at home better be pretty good. And I don't think the Raiders are that good. I like the Steelers team total to go under 16 and a half at minus 115. I believe Kenny Pickett is going to struggle in his first start on the road against a very good Bills defense, where the injuries that have been to that team have not really mattered that much. They've still played very well the last two weeks against two of the better offenses in the league. The Steelers offense is not even close to one of the best offenses in the league. I don't know how they get to 17 points. I, I have a teaser for the Packers minus two and the Bucks minus two and a half. Uh, even though the Packers aren't at home, I think if they're playing a third-string quarterback that the Giants will probably play in that game, they should run away with it. Love getting them under the three and only having to win by by three to, to cover that teaser. And then the Bucks minus two and a half, coming out angry after, after getting embarrassed by the Chiefs last week. I think they're going to take it out on the Falcons, who lost their best running back and won't be able to run the ball as well in this game. So Bucks and Packs are going to win their games pretty easily. Pretty easy teaser to get them both under three here. I absolutely love all of those plays early on in the week. And a reminder that the weekly NFL Mega Preview brought to you by our good friends at Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. Now, there is only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these NFL tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, love them all. The Stoic one, RJ White, M Squared, and of course, Jake the Snake on the ones and the twos. I am the coach. Set those notifications. Don't miss one second of our content when it comes on right here at the early edge. Good luck. Good luck.